Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Conscious Reconstruction. I am the host with the most, a.k.a. Tony Melbourne. I'm joined here with Just Charles, yep. a.k.a. the most host. Ash had a sudden um, life event happen, so. Unexpected she, causality. Yeah, so she's unable it to join us today. Yeah, you know, being a parent. So, you know, life is life. Good but job being a parent. Pretty good episode uh, still planned for y'all today. We're going to get into some of those old antiquated sayings, you know, that people have. Oh. But first, Whatever floats your boat. How's your work week, Charles? Uh, restarted after my grandfather's passing. So every it's like the only thing that I didn't stop doing was working out with you. But for the most part, outside of that, everything else had to st- hard stop because we pretty much had to rip apart my grandmother's entire room, rip apart my grandfather's room. We had to like spray for bugs, all this other stuff. And it's just like, uh, it was a lot of tedium and also dealing with family stuff. And this is the reason why it's like, oh, it's also the irony of it. Because don't you know those like rock necklaces that they wear? They're supposed to get rid of like bad energy. Everyone was wearing some wearing one and it did nothing as far as I'm concerned. It's just like all the, these get rid of all the bad energy. Do they? They did. They brought it right to the surface and then <laughs> got everybody to release it. And then after that, hey, all right, well. Now it's out there. Oh, uh, also, you know, the other thing I've noticed is that when it comes to the energy thing, it's just like everyone's just kind of it's just like, yeah, I want people who are around me who give me good energy. It is just like, don't you want to give off good energy yourself? No, I want all the energy. No. I need their energy. I don't want to give them any. No, I want to give off good energy. But um, they're, that they're is a real, that's a shit. That's a that's a probably not even a, that's a new saying that is terrible. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Bad energy. Bad energy shouldn't float your boat. <laughs> I mean, it, bad energy floats a lot of people's boats. Should not be the boat floater. Oh man. I don't I don't necessarily do the energy thing in nauseam. So hmm. what about the time heals all wounds? Do you do that? Mm. Well, slavery has some things to say about that. I mean, <laughs> it's like so it hasn't fixed those wounds. I mean, I'm and I don't necessarily. I mean, time technically heals all wounds, or you'll die. Like one or the other thing happens, you die, and then your wounds aren't healed, and it doesn't matter, or your your wound got healed. And it's more so your body doing the healing of the wound, not necessarily like time. I understand you're talking about more so emotional wounds, but yeah. Oh, uh, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it it's a giant, There, it, it, it's all a giant crapshoot as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to be about more nihilistic as of late, so. Why is it a giant crapshoot? Oh, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, the entire situation. Most situations are kind of a giant crapshoot because the more it's just the sequence of thoughts that I went through is just like, well, time heals all heals all wounds. Well, not it kind of doesn't, because to a certain degree, people like to have some degree of closure and a lot of people like to know why. But then when some people learn why it kind of makes the situation worse and it doesn't actually give them any semblance of closure. And I would say, you know, therapy heals probably a lot more wounds than time. So, 
you actually like doing nothing doesn't change anything nine times out of ten. It typically makes things worse. True. It's like time, people saying time heals all wounds just kind of come comes across as just like time heals all wounds. You mean like doing you just kind of sitting still and letting like case or whatever will be will be. It's just like. And then you're like, I'm an emotional wreck. I don't know why this is. Well, you never actually got any semblance of closure for anything. So, uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. You're an emotional wreck. No, that's fair. I think that time doesn't necessarily heal all wounds. I think it sometimes provides this space to teach you how to cope with them. Now, not always all those coping mechanisms are positive or productive or um, should be things that you keep as long standing, sustaining. But I think that it does allow for coping. I don't think that it necessarily provides the healing that people are looking for. But if you just want to kind of cope with something and get through it and be able to go through your daily life, I think that time kind of gives the space for that. I mean... Yeah. But, but I don't know if that's uh, actually what we should be striving for. Yeah. I mean, it depends upon what you're using the time for. Are you to- using time to gain perspective to actually help you uh, deal with the situation at nauseum, which is a possibility, and that's fine. I mean, if you're using the time for that, then you're probably working towards healing, but I think that... But that's still a very proactive approach. Yeah. And what they're saying is seems like a very passive approach, if you get what I'm saying. Well, yeah, no, what I'm saying is, I think the passive way of it is... La-di-da-di-da. Like, let's say you have a situation that happens in life, and sure, it's traumatic or whatever, but you just choose to, like... Lock it in the box. Not even that. Just, like, continue forward and, like... Deal, have those emotions, but eventually just kind of, what is it? I guess get to a point where your daily life is more of a primary concern than that negative trauma. Where you don't necessarily, uh, it, it doesn't affect you in the same way. Where you might not have necessarily healed from what happens. Like if somebody brings it up, there's triggers and things like that. That could still send but you there. You distance but distance yourself from it. But you've di- yeah, you've distanced yourself, and I don't know if that's necessarily the you best still way. Still haven't the problem because you could still end up inside of these very triggering circumstances randomly. Yeah, but I think that's what time provides is a is like a distance from the situation. Time allows you to distance yourself from all wounds. All right, that's our new song. Sag. Yeah, because yeah, you definitely can get distance from their wound, but it doesn't necessarily <laughs> allow you to like heal. Because as soon as that trigger pops up, you're like. Right back in that spiral, still like feeling away and still, I guess, still back to the same person that you were before you had all that time and distance. And then, sure, you'll spiral it in and then you'll go back to having that distance and feel like, all right, well, I'm better now because the spiral's over. But um, those triggers are still out there and you probably should work on like addressing those. And I think that's probably what we need to change the slogan to like for real healing like i don't know what it is like what heals all wounds um understanding i guess or acceptance 
effort actually it. putting effort into fixing the thing as opposed to just kind of letting it be there, whatever that effort may be. Because you have to put in work to heal these things. You have to put in work to actually fix your family. You have to put in work to... You have to put in work to actually show someone you're sorry. None of these things are... None of these things just are. Like, I was get Like, over the week... Because I've had various family members that have done... Different levels of wrongs to different people within my family. And to me. And it's just like... Eh. My fa my sister and my mother is just like, oh, you have to forgive them. And I'm just sitting here like, no, no, I don't. I don't feel like I do. Honestly, until these situations like this, I don't have to deal with them. That's very true. So why do I have to? Like, they only pop up when circumstances are bad or when they pop up, something bad inevitably happens. So why would I even want them around? This is very vexing to me. So they're like almost a bad fortune at this point. Yeah. Even though they come around with these rocks that clear out your energy. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I'm not necessarily offending anybody in particular, but the like the pure irony, uh, the primary, the primary benefactor of all the bad energy inside of my family, pretty much coming from a person who, Sells things that are supposed to get rid of bad energy is just the purest level of irony to me. I mean, just because you sell it don't mean you believe in it. Well, I mean, they're all about it. Are they a good salesman? Not a good really. salesman that convince you that they're all about it. Just because you sell them doesn't mean you make money off of them. Uh, well, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's just like I can't speak to that. Yeah. But oh, it's just one of those things. How do you feel about forgiveness? Forgiveness, do you feel like forgiveness? Yeah, do you feel like it's for you or for um, the other person? Uh, depends upon what you're doing. Giving it out is for you. Asking for it is all. Well, regardless, it's probably just for the person more so than it is the. For, it's whomever who is asking for it and are giving it. So if you're asking for it, I don't necessarily always think it's it's just like you're not you're asking for it because you more so need them to forgive you. And they're and if they're giving it oftentimes, oftentimes people are asked to forgive people, but they're they're not doing it in their own time because you don't need to ask for forgiveness in order to receive forgiveness. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. you can be like, you know what? I forgive you for what you did. Yeah, and it doesn't require you to ask for it. So it means you're prompting for forgiveness. A lot of times, you haven't even done all the requisite things, the work, the work that you need. Because if you did all the work that you needed to do in order to to receive forgiveness, you wouldn't ever really need to ask for it. That's fair. I feel like if you ask for forgiveness, it's definitely. I mean, there's a level of disingenuous nature to it. Like you do something to instantly, do you forgive me? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I do. I feel like uh, you probably could have done something different. How about we figure out, how about you do something else for a bit? Or actually show me that you deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. Because forgiveness is, 
forgiveness is just like you are absolved of all your past sins. And it's like not everybody deserves absolution. It's just like okay, I don't I don't necessarily like for case in point, I don't necessarily believe that rapists deserve to be forgiven. It's just like, but it's just so it's one of those things. It's just like, well, I'm gonna go to the person I raped and ask for forgiveness and everything else is all right, right? No. Yeah, no, see, like, things like that, I'm like, I don't really think that's, like, a forgivable thing. Like, I think the person that was raped can probably, like, let go of their anger and their, like, vitriol for the person. But I don't necessarily think that is forgiveness. That is moving past not allowing a singular event to determine the rest of your life. Yeah. Whereas... So that means it's just like, oh, you've been, but you're not absolved of any of your guilt. You did these things and you yeah. should deserve to live with them for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, no, you did this to me, but I also needed to move past I'm not going to steal in this for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, this can't be me. So, no, I'm not worried. And no, I don't hate you for the rest of my life because that would affect me. But you, I don't forgive for doing like, there's no level of like me understanding or making this a tenable situation. Yeah. So. so. It's understanding the separation of those things. You know, I think that there's no level of separation in um, a lot of society today, especially which with two men, it's probably going to get us killed. But let's talk about some feminism. Oh, oh, I mean, I'm for the most part a feminist. It's it's most as a friend of mine would describe it, I am because I am for the equal treatment of all people. And that is what feminism ideally is supposed to be. Now. Yes, I agree with that statement. So it's just like, because feminism pretty much goes around because if you're a feminist, you're supposed to be pro black. You're supposed to be pro everyone, pro gay people, so on and so forth. Now, does everyone necessarily walk the walk that way? Not quite. I was going to say, do you think that feminism today looks like that? Uh, I think that there are so many different... Feminism has become a movement that is very... Disjointed? Yeah. That is, a, this, that is a better word for it. It's become very disjointed and a very individualistic. And it is no longer a single... It's inside a very similar movement movement situation to where the African pro African black and pro black movement is it's very disjointed there's a lot of big different heads to it and there are a lot of different people pushing for doing this in a lot of different ways and there's not one unified push I can see that because I definitely feel like there's like I guess what sparked this for me is like kind of looking at um the term misandry and if you don't know what it means it's the opposite of misogyny so it's um the overall vitriol and prejudice against men and so I kind of feel like some feminism leans towards that than really focusing on like leveling the playing field but more so focusing on like pushing men down and like I guess some of the instances I would point to is like the woman that was going around with like bleach and like a water bottle and like 
on a train just spraying I don't think guys. that was actually real, but because there was also a person filming it the entire time. It was just like, I don't know. There are certain things, but if you look I mean, at it. Unless she did it to like make a point and wanted to put it out and say, look how many people I could do this because I didn't follow the story. So I know I'm going to just suspend disbelief and say it was real. And, but I, I guess I know a lot of other people who are like, like man spreading became a thing. It's when you sit like how you're sitting right now. I I can understand it to a certain degree, but it's like, I don't know. This I can't. This is just the way that I sit to a certain degree. Atomically like, sitting with my legs closed like, is I uncomfortable. I can sit like this. I can sit with I them closer, but they won't be closed like a woman's legs like, are closed. I, but my hips also won't really let me. Yeah, because that. there's something in between that means that we need a certain level of separation. But I can, like, when I sit on, like, a subway or any kind of a public thing, I sit Yeah, like, sure, you can not spread all the way out and be, But when I'm like, sitting by like, myself, I'm going to sit with my legs open, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's blah, blah, blah. a little more comfortable because just naturally as a guy, there's something in between that, you know, if you give it a little room, it just feels more comfortable. It's not even that. It's the gait of my hips. It's because of the way that our bodies are anatomically set up. Because that's why all men sit like that. Oh, but it's like, I don't know. It's. I'm not sitting like this, like, damn, let me take up all this space. It's never my intention or my thought process. Mm -hmm. It's I'm sitting comfortably. Like, I'm sure anybody else sits down and. And also at nausea, I'm not going to sit sit like that when uh, seats are at a premium. And I'm also I also hate infringing on other people's space. Yeah, so, like no, so sure. I, I also don't, don't like people touching me. So I'm going to naturally, regardless, man, woman, child. Yeah, I don't do kind of like. <laughs> so it's like I'm gonna const- as a bigger dude is just like I'm gonna construct in as far as I can, and then people are generally going to. I'm gonna sit in about this far. Like this is this is about as close as I'm getting together. Any closer long- than that, and I'm uncomfortable. I think as long as my legs are within the dynamics of my shoulders, I think that is reasonable. So, like, you see, the if you could shoot a straight line from your shoulder forward and you can, like, sit past there, generally everything is fine. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. Like, I'm in line with my shoulders, so you should be all right with this. Like, But also at nauseam, the world isn't built for somebody who's as tall as I am, so it's also kind of annoying in that way. True, but... I guess the subsect of feminism that I'm talking about doesn't necessarily care how we're built or what is going on. It's just like, no, y'all had it so good for so long that I y'all not have to be the, the one on the bottom of the totem pole. And I'm like, well, that's not necessarily where this was supposed to be going. Like, I'm all for oh, all right. um, equality and, like, supporting women's rights. I'm... I'm all for that, but also at nauseum, let's not lie and say that all dudes had it all the same for the, all this time. Let's be real. White dudes had it good for a really long time. Yeah, but that's not how they treat it. Like, no, nah, you're you're a black man, so you have it better than black women. So now we're just picking things arbitrarily? It's like, I guess to some capacity... 
Like, yes, typically black men broke into certain industries before black women did. I guess that's a thing. But there's nothing I can really... But also at nauseum. None of the the way that we moved into industry was not set up, designed, or created by us. How about that? How about the fact that it was male centric was because white men decided that, not black men. We didn't architect a misogynistic society. If y'all really want to get down to the brass tacks of things. So I mean, yeah, we got ourselves in there, but black men at at, at nauseum have never really had the capacity to change anything in terms of outside of, unless they run their own company and it's like a black owned company, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Then you have the capacity to change things because it's your company. And, you, and at that point, if it's a misogynistic culture is what you've decided for it to be completely and totally reasonable. If that's the overall critique of it. Yeah. But, but most we, of these things are ruled by white dudes. It's like, but like, it feels like at nauseum white women don't want to accept the white part of that. They just want to, they wanted to be the man part of that. And if you get, if you look at it, it's just like, no, it's just white dudes. White dudes like are like that. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, frat boy culture. You need white dude culture. All the black friends I know don't fart in each other's faces. No, we will be all be very upset. Uh, That's like a fundamental. I'd be very bad. (laughs) It's just like, I would fight Charles for real. (laughs) It's just got like, up and what just, is wrong with you? Like, oh, that's so great. No. And he got up and just, you know, ripped one right in my face. <laughs> like, on purpose? I'm going to hit him with my fist. It's just on like. Purpose. Just like he farted in my face on purpose. I'm fi- I'm hitting with my, it's fist and feet time. It's like, it's one of those wild things. It's just like, oh, what just kind of slipped out? What is, what is wrong with you? It's just like, get the hell away from me. But if you just stand up there and you like methodically set a trap to fart in someone's face, it's just like. Yeah, like, I'm sitting on the couch right now. Like, if Charles just stood up, walked over here, turned around, and and bent over and farted in my face. It's just like, well, this is fighting fighting circumstances. All right, bet. We got to fight now. You clearly have challenged me to a fight. and (laughs) the most bizarre of circumstances. Yeah, but but I'm with it. I'm here now. You can't just be running around farting on people. But that's not something that we do in Nazi in our culture. It is just like... No, not at all. Because everyone's looking at, like, these kind of frat dude cultures. It is just like... Is like this isn't our culture. It's not yeah. something that we do. And I'm not gonna say that all that black men are super like absolved for all this. Although we're not always the most progressive of people. Yeah, because no, there's definitely things that we could be more progressive on. But like, if we're Jesus gonna talk about Christ, like, do black men do not like the connotations of possibly even being considered to be somewhat? Mo- it's like, are you gay? <laughs> I had an argument. I call my uncle gay. Which gay uncle? The one that's homophobic. It don't go hollow to a certain degree. Isn't he like super paranoid about not being gay to an outrageous? No, not paranoid about not being gay. He just doesn't like gay people. I mean, my grandfather was like homophobic, but a lot more progressive than his son, which is weird. Like my grandfather could conduct himself around like my uncles and everything like that and be like completely fine. My, your, his son, however, couldn't. I'm like, but the so the older one, which has more reasoning to not be the way he is, but to cert, 
inside of some capacity. He looks at this like, this is my son. I want him to be happy. It's just like, I wasn't raised inside of a society where this was acceptable acceptable or even thought of or just it wasn't out there like that. It was there. And he, but it wasn't just out there like that. So. Yes, I am not equipped to deal with this. Now, one would also say, like, well, sucks for you. And that's pretty much what it seems like your grandfather. That's the stance that he took up on it. It's just like, this sucks for me. This is what he is. And I want my son around. So, well, no, my grandfather, no, my grandfather's daughter's husband's brother is gay. So, my aunt's husband. His brother is gay. Okay. I grew up with them. Like, me, my mom, and my uncle that's gay live together all in the same house. Okay. So that's why I'm so close to him. So I, like, he, I wanted him and my mother to get married and to date and never understood why they refused. Like, I would actively have conversations with them and tell them that this is what needed to happen. And they would always laugh it off and tell me no. This and like, I never understood. What the fuck y'all mean? No, 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 no. Yeah, you live here, nigga. Be her, be her man. I'm trying to have you as my daddy. Like, you understand how great it would be? Yeah, this would be perfect. I love you. I love her. Y'all be together, and this would be perfect for me. And they would be like, "No, we can't do that." And laugh it off. Now I completely understand why that was not an option. Um, you don't like women, so. Oh. <laughs> Got it. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I completely get it. You should have just did it for the health care, though. Yeah, man. <laughs> but no, he... Uh, but no, that was my favorite uncle. And so my grandfather, we would always go over to, like, his house. Like, once he moved out, um, he had, like, a nice big house and everything, shit like that. So we would go over there for, like, the holidays. My grandfather was super polite and... Just well mattered. My uncle mad that we here. Now. Yeah, like why are uh, we over here? And I'm like, I think that comes probably from a, it, like there's certain things about olden times that are like not so great, but then there's other things that are kind of okay. Like you don't disrespect a man inside of his own house. So it's just like, why? Why would you like? Yeah, I'm just out here wilding out, and your grandfather's like, you don't do that into in another man's house. Like that's just that's out of pocket. It's not polite. Yeah. Right, that that might be it because he definitely like, did not. He never once was disrespectful in their household at all. Like at like all. Like I've heard him have conversation and be like, his favorite saying is, "You happy as a fag in sissy town?" What? Like, it, what is that? It's, oh, it's very flagrant. It should not be said. But yeah, no. And so it was just. So I knew that he could get to that way, but. When he was there, not not a word like that. So, oh, I mean, I mean, maybe he's just not. I mean, human beings aren't binary. True. There's also always senses of gradation with everything. Yeah, a lot of nuance. So, and it seems like your uncle just kind of locked lacked a lot of that nuance when it comes dealing with a lot of things. So, whereas your grandfather had that level of like, I can be there. Even but, though he definitely called my. Uh, Cousin, uh, the F word, and said that's how he ran. And then that spiraled into a whole lineage issues for my cousin 
Because then he was like, well, if my grandfather thinks I am and my dad says I am, then maybe I am. No, that's not how that works. All I know is uh, I understand what you're saying. That's not the way things. But that's not how he said it. Probably like six or seven. Oh. In no way, shape, or form capable of understanding the nuance. No no, no nuance there. Nope. So just kind of like went with that. And so that became a thing later on in life. It's just like, maybe I am gay. No, Mm. probably. You would know. I mean, he identifies as that now. No. So I'm not exactly. But then there was a whole situation with that as well with like him running away and like being on meth we are pretty sure and like going crazy and like being in a mental institution and like not taking his medication and hearing voices and thinking that you know how um uh what are they called no, 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 no. Smoke detectors. Oh, you know how they have that red flashing light to let yeah. you know that they're working. He was convinced that was recording him. Yeah. So me and him would sit down and have conversations, and I would talk to him and like logic him out of it. And he's like, and he would very commentate. He's like, when I'm talking to you, I understand exactly what you're saying, and it makes me feel better. But as soon as you stop talking to me, the other voices start talking to me. And then I get to feel it the other way that I felt before. And I was like, well, fuck, I can't be. Can't logic some things. Yeah, I can't be here all the time to to be the voice of Do you want a recording of, of me saying this? Like, it's, it just came. You should just recorded yourself saying it. It was just like, shit, I was. wrote a cassette and said, Tony smoke detector saw. Tony this talk. Tony that talk. Wow. What, what, how old was I when I started, like, recognizing that? Probably like 22, 21. So like a little bit after military. Uh, well, I, it was started to be a little before the military. And then when I came back, I would go down to California. Every time I would go down, I'd make a point to see him. But no, it was in 2010. So I was just turning, I was 20. Oh. So yeah, not the most uh, adept to deal with his this uh, situation in hand. Y- yeah. Like, yeah, because he uh, and then I left, went to the Air Force, and then Seattle, then came back, and he was uh fully on uh just out here. Yeah, like I said, he had disappeared and was gone for at least like a year. Oh. And, like, he would randomly, like, contact us because he had our numbers, but, like, we would never have a number. Shit, right now, um, the only reason we know where he's at is because he's staying at, like, he's been at the same place for, like, five years. And it's a hotel that they turned into an uh, apartment building for people who get, like, disability checks and shit like that. And so he just stays there. And I think that he had to move to a new building that they, because they were getting rid of that one. I'm not exactly sure. But then he, like, decided that he was mad at everybody or didn't want to speak. So then he just got rid of his phone and stopped talking to us for, like, six, seven months. And then he wouldn't talk to Rochelle. But he's also huge. That nigga's, like, how tall are you? Six, two, about. He's taller than you. He's about six, three. Oh. And maybe about 250. Yeah. 
260, big boy. So, so you can't necessarily... So we, yeah, so the woman that kind of like helps and knows knows him and everything goes up there. We don't ever want her to be like, oh yeah, no, don't go upstairs. Like if he's not willing to come down, because if he's in one of his moods and attack you, you can't fight this nigga. Yeah, in general, if you're a woman, just stay the hell away. Yeah. So, like I said, there recently. And even for somebody like me, that's a legitimate engagement. It's just like, I'm probably going to have to hurt you. Yeah, no, if I fought my cousin, I'd have to really hurt him. Like, like, I'm stronger than him, and I know that, like. I can, but that's the overall problem. I don't particularly want to. I had to remind him that I am still the stronger of the two of us before. And, like, you got to calm down. And he's like, all right. And so it was cool. But. I also know that you a big nigga, and if I go into this, I'm going to have to go into this looking at you like you just a nigga and, like, put you on your ass for real because you bigger than me, and that's how I got to treat I niggas that are really, bigger than me. I can't play with this. There's, it's just, like, the longer this is drawn out, the worse it is for me and you more than likely. So, yeah, so. I'm just going to, like, kick you right on the button or hit you right on the button and you just make sure you don't fall super hard. Yeah, like, because you, I'm not doing this with you. No, no, no. So, yeah. But, yeah, so... That is, uh, I don't know how we got onto that, but I guess that leads us to men's mental health. Oh, we were talking about feminism, and uh, I don't think we finished the feminism conversation. We can go back to feminism, because I don't know how we got to this. Uh, I think it was something to do, well, we were talking about ad nauseum. This was a kind of a white dude thing. Yeah. And then we just kind of like, we moved over this way. And then this story came out. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. You guys got a, uh, a family story. Yeah. But I don't know. Fem- I think it nauseum and feminism at its core is fine. But oh, I said like, I did a comparison between feminism and the culture of like for black people. Oh, yeah. And I gave the example that black people don't necessarily like gay people. And that's how we got onto him. And that's and how then we, got, we moved into your family and yada, yada, yada. Oh, but no, I definitely like that parallel that you brought where it does seem very disjointed, like the black movement right now, where it's like you don't have any real like direction. It's like, all right, we're doing this. Or there's some, like, even in the black uh, uh, movement, there's some groups that are like, looking to put down white people. They don't want really equality. They want to be like, I hate um, Caucasian people and these people are terrible and this is why they're bad and this is what I'm focused on, which I would say is the same thing as this misandry and, oh, and feminism. It's like, like I've ran into, like I've ran into black women who just randomly, di- who just dislike cisgendered males in general. And it's just like, I don't know. I can't really control that I'm a cisgender male, per se. So I don't know what you really expect me to do about this. But it's like, I'm also not going to pay a tax to be around you either. Like, but, but, but you don't support us. Like, I mean, do black men at nauseum support black women? No, but also I exist inside of a situation that's where it's always been diametrically opposed. Like my grandmother, both my grandfathers have always set up, set my grandmothers up pretty well. Uh, Like I recently had a conversation with my father is just like, 
his father taught him that there are certain things that you were supposed to do for your wife. Like cars always taken care of. You washed your car, you do all the things, you do all the home improvement things, you cut you cut the lawn, you know, there's just shit that women should never really be expected to do. And to a certain degree, I guess that was a similar thing that was passed on to me, but I didn't necessarily notice it. But I guess it's just like I have definitely sat with my mother's car more than she has shit like that, because I think you do similar things for your mother is like whenever a car has to go to the shop or anything like that, you do it. She doesn't normally do it from what I've seen. But it's just like. uh, So I've always. I've always been a... I guess I do them for different reasons, though. I don't attribute them as, like, things that a guy should do for a woman. I just attribute them to things that I do for someone I care about. Like, I don't really think that... For me, sex doesn't come into play in that, I guess, so much for, like, how it does in those situations where it's like... Yeah, it was very much a husband and wife type of dichotomy. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know, my grandfather always took care of my grandmother, both sides, yada, yada, yada. So it was just kind of like... Even though one relationship, well, both relationships were kind of toxic in their ways because there were 50s relationships. And I feel like all relationships in the 50s were kind of toxic. Like, they definitely weren't perfect. That's fair. But, uh, yeah, so I was just like, I look at this as just like, oh, I feel like my family members are for the most part done that they were supposed to do. But it's just like, well, your family's not all black men. It's like, well... Well, they're all the ones that I know and not that I can actually really be a, like, you don't call out your friends on stuff. I mean, at nausea, my friends are actually pretty progressive, but I mean, and then it's not like also it's just like, I don't call out my friends in front of people because I don't necessarily think because at that point I'm scolding them I'm not actually trying to improve them inside, inside of what like me making a scene about them doing something wrong isn't me trying to fix the situation it's trying, me trying to uh, it seems kind of showy to me yeah I was going to say like if you chastise me in public I'm more likely to like respond negatively. in a negative, negative way and be more challenging to that and be like fuck that I'm going to double down than if you come to me in private and like hey you did this earlier, and I think the these way. certain things. And I'll probably be more willing to listen to you because it doesn't seem like you're trying to, like, reprove you or make a point or Or use me show out. as a way to, like, show off. And it's like, mm, I'm not about to be, like, a prop. Yeah, no. So it's just, like, which, which is kind of seems like a lot of people want to see, and I kind of get the similar vibes from black people when it comes to dealing with your white friends is just like you got to scold them immediately about that it's just like that's not going to lead to overall improvement that's just going to lead to people doubling and tripling down about them being wrong unless you're inside of an entire group of close friends which is a, a largely a different scenario but so I don't know do you want them to approve or do you want them to feel bad yeah, and I think a lot of people just want people to feel bad and don't necessarily want to engage in the conversation. I guess that's where I feel like the main point of feminism has gotten to, and not even necessarily, I won't say the main point of feminism, the most popularized version, the most of, vocal version element. of feminism, the one that we see the most is 
seemingly the one that doesn't want men to have a place of equality, but to be like less than because it feels like they feel like They've they were like, less than for so long that now it needs to be like reversed. And it's like, well, you need the inverse for a certain amount of time in order for them to catch up. Yeah. And it's like, that's not necessarily how this is supposed to work. We're supposed to, you know, make this a level playing field, but that doesn't mean that we, uh, I mean, are you saying we should rip it out, rip out all the infrastructure that men kind of put in and then certain things because it's like, I will admit that there are certain things that probably dudes shouldn't be. There are certain people that dudes probably shouldn't be paying any attention to, or there's, there are definitely elements or dudes that are allowed to be around that they probably shouldn't be around or they shouldn't really still be around because they've just done wild things and they shouldn't be allowed to skate on it. But you also got to be, it's like, it's like sexual assault allocations. It's like in an ideal world, we could lock someone up based off of the allocations. But inside of this world, which is definitely not ideal, we can't do that. Because the moment, it, if we were to start doing that inside of this world, the moment that becomes a palpable thing or a, a possible weapon that someone could use to uh, turn against some, to turn against anyone, really, or it would completely and totally undermine, like every it. Like it would just undermine a lot of the other assault allegations in a lot of way because because everything is going to be viewed with like, oh, you know, what well, what your face said she was a liar. So how do you know she's not a liar? So it's just like. There's no there's no easy solution to any of this, just like there's no easy solution to like rectifying the rectifying the situation in African-Americans. And there's no easy way of dealing with the. Wage dis like there's a lot of there's some there's some ways of dealing with the wage disparity, but there's no easy way of dealing with it. It has to be put forth probably through law more than anything else. And it's gonna it's gonna take a lot more nuanced approach. And it's that's also I mean, with this most recent special election with us being around there, what's Chantel Brown winning? It's just kind of like, ugh, because I'm very, very progressive and I voted for Nina Turner and it was just kind of like. It's very odd to me. It's like. This is a very backwards place. It's not progressive really at all. Yes. It's like y'all kind of really want the same thing that we've been getting. Like to a certain degree, I can understand when your choice is between a moderate and a conservative, I'm probably going to choose the moderate. But when your choice is between a moderate and a progressive, I don't understand why you didn't choose the progressive. And it's very despondent to me because it's like, is ultimately the it's ultimately like the thought process that I've come to is just like I don't think old white people and old black people are as different as they think they are. Yeah. 
is just like, oh, they're dumb, but it's just like, I think it's an entire generational problem. It's not necessarily as localized as we think it is to the, uh, to like, well, no, I think it's generation. The, I think yeah. it's a generation. It's not localized to racist one would like to spill it, spin it ass. Well, those old people are conservative. Yeah, it's just like, it is one of those things where it's just like, why? How does she even win? Oh, and then I had somebody who's just like, well, you can't be insulting Joe Biden and expect an entire precinct that overwhelmingly voted for Joe Biden to be like, to be dyked down with it. And it's just like, huh? It's like, I mean, I voted for Joe Biden because the, like the two options were shit and shit. And I chose the less shitty of the two shitty options. Yes. And the and fact that she can recognize that these both options were shitty. I like, thought would that's be a kind good of thing. the person that I need. Uh, but y'all are looking like, oh, I didn't vote for him because I vote for him for because I actually thought he would input some change. Like, oh, I don't trust him at all. No, he's not doing anything. I mean, he's done some things and here trying to get this infrastructure plan put through. But the entire thing about this infrastructure plan is they, uh, it's like we can't even trust. It's just like we elected someone who was supposed and in Arizona, we thought we elected someone who was going to be a progressive, and then they kind of flipped the script, and they they took they took a meeting with the Coke with the Coke brothers, and they came out and they're like, "I suddenly believe inside of the filibuster and all these other things," but you literally said you you said you did you were down with the cause like before you walked into that meeting, and you walked in that meeting and walked out. And now you don't. Now you're not down with the cause. Either you got bribed or blackmailed. Yeah, but it's just like, ugh. Yeah, no. I actually was gonna bring that up is because it was. It's. I was looking at. That, I was like, that's crazy that they. Uh, it's just like, and it's weird because everyone knows it. It's just like, so we just gonna let this skate. I guess they are. I don't know. It's, it's shitty, but it's do you think it's like, going to pass? What did you say? Do you, how do you think the bill's going to do? Uh, at some point, like, the buck is going to have to pass, and it'll probably go vote on party lines, and hopefully Harris will put it over. Because the funny thing about it is the infrastructure plan would actually do what most people wanted, want us to do, which is generate jobs. I mean, people... I mean, well, one, I lightweight don't think people actually want people to generate jobs because as much as people say that they want more jobs, they actually don't want more jobs because people, the level of complaining people are doing about, you know, like Burger King closing at 10 p.m. and shit like that because you can't get people to work the shitty shifts now. Yeah. It's just like people are incredibly upset about these things, even though they're incredibly new admins. Because if you remember, like, post-19, like, throughout the entire 90s, like, we really didn't have 24-hour shit. Like, hell, even in the early 2000s. I mean, out here, I guess. Like, yeah, out here, not, like, it's out of the Midwest and not even. Probably okay, in of, like, California, like, yeah, li liquor stores are probably open till 4. Me coming out here and shit clothing so early, even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is this? What is going on, mommy? Why is Burger King closing at ten? Why can I not go get stuff later at night when I still need things? 
my life doesn't end because it's 10 p.m. and I just get in like, bed and close my eyes and now it's time for, real, for sleep like, until 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning. It was the ultimate thing that my father put up to me is just like, uh, like the world stop. It's just like nothing's going on in Cleveland after 10 p.m. that's probably any good. It's like, what do you mean? And then you look around, it's just like, you know what? There is actually nothing productive in Cleveland going on after 10 p.m. No. I don't understand. I don't like it. It bothers me. I miss things. Have you over 24 hours? Like, I used to love that the grocery store by me was 24 hours. And And then the pandemic happened, and then they realized they don't actually make that much money overnight. Bro, they were open... For 24 hours since I was in the 11th, well, 10th grade. Uh. Yeah, like. And then they realized that you could go there, you could get. I love grocery shopping. And it was like me, Marcus, and Miles, when we would house sit for my grandmother here or for my aunt when they would go out of town, we would walk up to the grocery store at two o'clock in the morning and just wander the aisles and get us some little Tortoni's pizzas and shit like that. And just come back to the house and be chilling and kicking and watching anime and shit. We can't even go get no grub in the middle of the night no more. Like oh. this is so ghetto. I hate this place. It's probably never going back to the way it was uh, now. Like uh, Walmart's not even 24 hours anymore. I know that. I I don't, I, they stopped doing the 24 hour Walmart's a while ago though, which there were a few. Yeah. Like, the one in uh I don't think twenty four hour Walmart is a good idea. Lynnhurst, but I don't I didn't necessarily I I don't know why Walmart needed to be twenty four hours. I would still from a twenty four hour Walmart. <laughs> it just makes sense. There's, who's gonna be there at night on the late shift that's really like on it? I mean, one, I hate to tell you, most Walmart people aren't on it in general. They don't care. Yeah, true, but <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? It's you, just even at night, like, like you only got like ten percent of the people inside the whole fucking building. So like, the chance of you like seeing me, being able to get to me before I get out the door is just like, what do he do? He chose an entire box of Choco Tacos. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, it's a box of Choco Tacos. What do you mean? Like, we got a whole box of Choco Tacos on the floor, like right now. Yeah, it'd be fine sitting there doing nothing because some kid just spiked it. Like Walmart are such a freaking crapshoot. I hate a- Walmart. Walmart is so dirty. I don't shop at. I only shop at Target. I'll be honest. Target. Yeah, Target. And it's only because I know that their prices are more expensive, so not a lot of people go there because they're like, "Oh, that Target's expensive." I'm going where you've been priced out of because I don't want to deal with. The only a lot thing of I really people. buy from Walmart are underwear and socks. Other See, than that, I don't go there. I go. See, and I feel like you spend too much money there. What? You spend too much money there. You got to go to Marshall's, bro. Marshall's TJ Maxx. It's the only place I get with underwear with socks. All my underclothes, Marshall's TJ Maxx. Mm, they got them for the lowest. right around the corner for mine. They have it. Right, like, you can get, like, 12 socks for, like, 4 or $5. You lose a lot more socks than I do. So, it means I don't feel like you, like... True, but the still the cost benefit analysis to getting what the same twelve socks that they're gonna charge you like twenty bucks for because it's gonna be fruit of the loom when you could just get like Adidas or Fila or it'd just be like a different brand. And you're like, oh, you guys make socks too? Cool. 
I wear your everybody socks. makes socks for the most part. Yeah, you want to make shoes to make socks. But not everybody carries their socks. It's well. like, you know what's randomly expensive? Nike socks. Yeah. And now uh, you can get all kinds of good socks there for a decent price. So that's where I go. Especially the, for that underwear, uh, undershirts. Yeah, I'm I see my undershirts from Dillard's. Really? Yeah. Huh. But I also, well, this is an undershirt. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, they're relatively like thick. I buy them because I need them to wear underdress shirts because you know I don't like pit stains. Oh, that's fair. Uh, so that's yeah. like one of my big person's pet peeves is like, yo, can't be doing the pit stains no matter how hot it is. No, this nice. looks bad. This is just a bad look on big people, no matter what you do. Shit, it's a bad look, period. I hate pitch stains. And I get them bitches bad too. I'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? Well, the only time it's acceptable to have pitch stains is probably when you're working out. Yeah, that's normal. But it's like, just like, uh, I mean, you're work you're aspiring to pit stains here. You're just in the You're just out here out and about. About get about to go to a fucking interview and now you're an arm is sweaty, so you can't lift your arm up really. Man, that's be the worst. Like, oh, uh huh. I'm going to sit with my arms closed and not oh, yeah, really whenever moving. I go to job interviews, it's like air conditioning on full blast in the car. Oh, yeah. The whole time. Can't, can't, we're not doing none of that. Like, none of that. No, that's good old air. I get the air after the interview. Yeah. And then I'm taking this, this, uh, dress shirt off as soon as I can because it's just going to make me hot. I already got the undershirt on. I'm fine. Yeah. You get off of me, because I'm going to get you sweaty. In any event, what else we got? Uh, well, oh. I, I guess I can kind of waylay over this baby thing, the baby thing. Yeah. Since we were talking about black people and nauseam. All right. So what, all right, what level of culpability do you give to the fact that as African-Americans, we should not assist white people in kicking another African-American when he's quote unquote down? Even though the baby was very, very up when all of this happened. Um, I guess it depends on what he did. So context is key. Yeah. Like if the thing that he did is. Let's say he finessed a company out of some money. I was supposed to do a show, didn't do it, and then started shitting on the company. I'm not going to kick him for that. Yeah, and so whatever you, the white community wants to do with that, whether it's council or other festivals or move them, shit like that, cool. But I'm not kicking his back in, and I'm kind of laughing at y'all. Like, he caught y'all. Like, that's kind of funny. But when it's something that also is directed at our community, it's like, mm-hmm. Sure, you could get it passed if you hadn't have been also shooting at your own people. Because it's not like there aren't Gay homosexuals people. that are black. Like, it's, and it's like, that's, I don't know. And I guess that is ultimately, quote unquote, the demographic that I guess the African-American feminists that don't want to be around cisgender males at nauseum are talking about. It's just like, because he is black, he gets a pass. On everything. And it's just like, no. Just like, oh. What's the the foot shooter himself? Oh, Tori. And I guess I know I can. My issue is, I guess, with the people who are like, oh, we should give him a pass. It's like, 
not only are y'all trying to give him a pass for the homophobic things that he said, but you're also trying to give him a pass for the fact that he brought out someone who is potentially an attacker of a black woman onto stage right after that black woman performed. Like, as she was getting off, they were coming on. So you're clearly trying to antagonize this woman. We're just going to gloss over that as well. Because, like, all it's not that he just said the one thing. Like, he had a whole just shitty... It's like, this was an situation. entire shitty vibe for a whole show. Yeah. And it's just like, also... I don't know if y'all are paying attention to this year. I don't know. Like Meg Thee Stallion is highlighting a lot of these random uh, festivals. A lot of these festivals. So I don't know if you want to just go pissing her off because ultimately she's pro- she's a larger name than the baby is. Well, they were pretty equal because it was like she was like when they first came up, her and him were like, which is another fucked up thing. They played like they were like work husband and work wife. Like, you know how that you have the woman that's your work wife or whatever. Yeah. It was like they were the work wife and work husband of the industry, did a lot of did songs together, things like that, played around. So it's like, so for you to be Yeah, that, the pure irony of like, cause he was he literally did pretty much the entire uh he did half of Crybaby, basically. I mean, depending upon how you want to think about it, he like I was literally just listening to it. It's just like, I mean, you rap longer on this than she did. Yeah, so it's like y'all have done stuff together. It is like you now you decided to like running out just running with him to make this a thing and it's like well why sir you didn't have to make it a thing even if that's what you're going to do you're clearly trying to like make a point to like i don't care how she feel i'm rolling with him cool but why are you doing that well one well one that's running with him probably isn't even cool it's just like she's fed she she put food on your table it's not cool, but I think everybody <laughs> able to make their own personal decision. So sure, do your own thing. But the fact that you feel like you need to parade it in front of us is weird. Yeah, it's like you're making a point. And it's just like, I hate the gays and I hate the black women. It's just like, well, all, only person you got left to, to ride for you is like dudes. And once the women leave, dudes is soon to follow behind because they follow behind women. So I mean, you're not. We're not gonna be at your festival show looking at a bunch of other dudes. And that's not, that's not what it's gonna be. And also, I hate to tell y'all this, your music's not so good to the point where you, it was carrying anything to begin with. Yeah, like no, I I feel like people are getting kind of tired of the baby because it's all the same shit. It's just like, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's just like, and the sad thing for him probably is like, yo, this was probably your last hurrah year or close to it. So, we're also randomly watching Summer League, and yeah, if Detroit Ashby, was smashing OKC, and then they're not, and now they're tied. They were definitely like up twenty, like one twenty-five to nine. All three of the top three draft picks played today, so the day was actually kind of a summer league type of day. Yeah, but in any event, it's just like I don't know. It's just like I'm not gonna ride for him. I have no particular. I I'm a weirdo, and I hold the I hold my colleagues probably to a higher standard than I hold random people. And if you are going to pre, if you are going to pitch him to him him to me as a contemporary, you have actually probably put him to a higher standard than 
you would have if you just said this is a person he is fallible yada 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 blah 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 because it's just like yeah i can agree with all those things he is fallible he's apologized twice i think they were probably but they're less disingenuous than the kevin hart apologies i would probably say as of this point i don't know i feel like there are maybe more like the first one he said y'all didn't try and teach me anything it's not my responsibility to teach you that's not so that's not an apology he said y'all didn't teach me what was wrong so that's a lie quest love wrote a whole soliloquy about how he would have loved to have you on this festival if he could do one because someone asked and then he explained why he wouldn't feel comfortable with that now that's a teachable moment that's that's something that you should take in and learn from but that's also, not what I you think people to tried do. to attack Quest Love after he said something. And I'm just the like, baby did. The baby is the one that would attack. Like, and I like, don't know you, sir. And then all of his uh, the baby stands that are cool with him doing whatever were basically doing saying the same thing. But it's just like, so there were people trying. You had fans trying to teach you. You had your gay fans trying to teach you. You had other artists trying to teach you. You had Chris like, Brown had saying, "Hey, you should just." You stick know, to go music. out there, stick to the music, thank them for the show, and then go in. So these are all teachable things, but you said, hey, no one tried to teach you. That's a lie. So you're not apologetic. You're just looking for a way not to be, like, the issue it's of this. accountable. So I don't think it's a good apology. I feel like it's just like the Kevin Hart. It's like, y'all niggas don't want to be accountable for your own actions. I think with uh, having Kevin Hart like apologizing for his old material I think he did legitimately apologize for that and then he didn't do the Grammys and all that other stuff but it's like my thing I guess with the Kevin Hart is like I'm not really so much mad at the apology it's just the reaction to people not being aware that you gave an apology the the back and forth if you had apologized before it became a thing and people weren't aware I would have just kept directing them back to that and saying I've already apologized for this um if you've missed it this is where it's at see exhibit a the exhibit a sorry guys I'm not gonna give like a I'm not about to continue to like revocalize my rationale on these things I will just give you a real quick I'm sorry and then be like, yeah, like point you to the more detailed thing. Yeah, I said my bad over. I've already said this. So it's just like and I, clearly I'm not making those type of jokes anymore, so I don't know like, exactly I've past what you these want things. Me. It's not like I've doubled down on any of this stuff. I've n- I've not gone back to these types of jokes and I for the most I've most I've admitted the fact that it's just like yo, I'm I am punching down and I'm also like is not really acceptable. It's not really needed. It's not something I need to do. I'm way more talented than this. Yeah, and so it's like, all right, you you could have done that, and I would have respected it. But it's like you did the whole, I'm, I'm not apologizing, I'm upset, and then you did like an apology tour, and then like you took the moral ground of, I'm not going to apologize, so I'm not going to do the uh, Oscars, but then apologized. So I'm like, well, why did you not do the Oscars? Like, I don't understand what the point of that was. Like, I don't think you're. Well, one doing the Oscars is not really all that important. He wanted no. It was one of the things on his like goals, like his personal goal. Like, if you ever like, which is crazy because I listened to his book, and so if you listen to his book that came out like maybe a year or year and a half before all that shit happened, he talks about how one of his goals is to host Oscars. He's like, 
It's just something that he wants to do. He's seen all the great comedians do it. It's something that he just wants up under his belt. So for him to get it and then to like meander around with this, like, I guess I just didn't respect that about it. It's like, you do a lot of like. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think he does a lot of politicking. Yeah. He's like a he's like a celebrity politician. You're always looking for like the right angle and to try and say the right thing, but it doesn't ever seem like it's as genuine as it could be. Mm. Like even and I guess that's kind of like seeped into his comedy now. And I think that's why people don't think he's as funny as he was. I mean, I've never been the biggest Kevin Hart fan because like I mean it's always I'm a short guy type things, and it's just like, well, this is perspective I'm never really gonna get completely. Uh, you're kind of funny, but it's like, yeah, you're short, but that's only gonna carry you for so long. Yeah, I think his first three specials were good. I think that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, better. I've like I picked the two that kind of came out around the same time. He's more. He's definitely made more money than Cat Williams, but. Of the two that like has a better grasp of the craft, I would probably say Cat Williams is. Uh, I would say, probably say Cat Williams overall is probably a better storyteller. Yeah, because it's just like he can set a scene, he can get you there. Is he like Cat Williams can suck you in better? Yeah. Whereas with uh, Kevin to, Hart, you're just laughing at circumstance. I feel like you also have to be like looking at Kevin Hart. Like I couldn't really just listen to him and his some of his jokes and find them funny. It's like he's more of a like physical humor as well. Like he's gonna make the face and everything like that. That's going to like complete the joke. It's helped sell sell it. So that means he's more of a live type dude than he is. Whereas uh, I don't know. Like the 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 bar always for me is Eddie Murphy, and it's just like even with the wild and dangerous and the parts of it that people will say they haven't particularly aged well, which is the gay jokes. Like you. The weird thing about that entire routine is you you could argue the gay jokes are the weakest part of the routine. If you cut them, it's still like. It's still like it's a great special. It's yeah. not like that was the only thing that was funny in the special. Yeah, not at all. It's just like, uh, no, this entire thing, this no, nah, you, you're just funny. Right. And I don't understand how this is 20 years later and. Everyone knows all these jokes, but they're all still funny. My favorite joke is still him talking about going over to Africa and getting him a bush bitch that don't speak no English and bringing her back here and then having to keep her away from all the American bitches because if you let her get to an American bitch, they're going to have her in the kitchen, teach her English, and then you go come to her and she go like, Eddie, I need to talk to Eddie. <laughs> what you do for me lately <laughs> and I was like that shit was hilarious because he brought it all the way back like that shit was a hilarious fucking joke I love that like I love Eddie Murphy's Raw and Delirious both of them are great it's just I don't know they're all it's like prime Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle probably even still but my favorite Kevin Hart one not Kevin Hart uh, Eddie not wow what is his name Dave Chappelle? Martin Lawrence Martin Lawrence oh. is the one so do you remember Back in the day, we were real. We were probably maybe like kings of comedy ages, nine, ten to like thirteen, yeah. and uh, where Martin Lawrence was like outside running, and like with a in a super in a tracksuit, but he also had a gun, and like he was talking about them niggas was trying to get him. 
I don't remember this. All right. So Martin Lawrence was in the news because he was running down California uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it's Los Angeles Boulevard. I want to say, I can't remember exactly, but I know, I believe it was in California. It was hot as fuck. He's running in a full sweatsuit with a gun talking about they trying to, them trying to get me. Um, he ends up going, getting arrested because California and you have a gun. And also, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, there's some other like little scandalous stuff that had come out or just like just wild stuff about Mar- uh, him. And then that was the special after all that, that he came back and he like talked about it. But my favorite joke from that is like him talking about, it's like, how he had this his this wife and he came home drunk. He's like, baby, make me a drink. And so the more he drink, the crazier is the shit that he say to her. He said, You used to be a round away girl. Now you just all round. <laughs> He's like, if you gave 50 pounds, it, and you wasn't a hundred and fifty pounds when we got together. I shouldn't have to deal with that. <laughs> exactly, like just wild shit that you might think as a husband, but you would never say to your wife. Like if she gained an extra fifty pounds just out of the blue, just like this is not exactly what I had signed up for. Like you ain't had no kids, so I don't really understand how we got here. But all right. I'm not really going to say nothing disparaging to you about you because I love you. I care about you. And it's probably not that big of a deal, but I probably am thinking about it. So am I a weirdo who I don't, I don't necessarily understand the purpose of getting married if I'm not going to have any kids. No, no, I'm not saying not have kids. I'm just saying that she gained the weight and it wasn't from kids. Like, let's say y'all haven't had kids yet. And she was just like once, let's say she's like, cause you like them tall. She's six feet, 170. I think that's good for six feet. And then now yeah, she's six feet, 220. You might be looking at her like, what? why did you add that extra 50 pounds? <laughs> but you're not going to say anything. Depending upon her posture, it'll be fine. Yeah, see, but, but like I said, a husband's probably not going to say nothing. So it was just shit like that that you wouldn't really say as a husband. But this nigga was drunk as fuck and saying all this wild stuff. But it was funny because she was making a drink and kept making her drinks and being all sweet to him. And at the end, he got fucked up for it. But it was just like a husband-wife situation. So it was just shit like that. But he also talked about how he was outside running in the heat. Talking about, oh, man, I was on that shit. <laughs> And so what he so he addressed that it was just a amazing special. It was like oh nothing's really. It's just like oh you didn't think I was gonna make fun of myself. Yeah, that's no, an easy so, joke. Yeah, yeah. So he definitely got into himself too. So I like shit like that. So if it's gonna be something that's comedy, I want you to do something real. And Kevin Hart doesn't ever really address like any of the shit that's going on with him. Not mm-hmm. in a real way. Oh yeah, he always just kind of he. He's always very sanitary in terms of like. I am never the thing. I'm not willing to mock myself. And I feel like every single great comedian is willing to mock themselves at some fundamental degree. Yeah. Because it's just like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, uh, Bernie Mac to some degree, pretty much everyone that that anyone was considered to be a quote unquote important comedian. They were just like, nope, 
the easiest person to make fun of is me because you can't inf- you can't offend anybody if you make fun of yourself. Yeah. Outside of the short things, like Kevin Hart is willing to make fun of himself for being short, but he's not. Nothing real- that's real though. He's not willing to make fun of him- his own circumstances. It's just like. Like the car wreck that you had, sir. It was like, oh, that's easy money. It was like, what'd you do, man? I was fucked up. Like, just talking about it now, like, shit is over. Like, and we all speculate, so you could talk about that. Or the whole you in Vegas and being extorted and that whole situation. You can stop the whole friendly fun. Oh, I got to be a good husband angle, which is cool. That's very PC. And we know you're a good husband. Cookie cutter of you. But. You could also make fun of yourself and give us a more realistic. I, like, I got extorted. In, I got extorted in Las Vegas. Sounds like a wonderful comedy bit. Yeah, it's just like hit. It's like you can do a whole twenty four thing with timestamps. Be like one one twenty four. Yeah, like you could do a great thing, but it just seems like he's too polished or wants to create a too pristine look to like allow it to get to there. And so I don't like that. And it hasn't really stopped stopped anybody else from hosting the Oscars, probably except for Dave Spell, but they probably wouldn't let him in there. That would be a very interesting Oscar host. It's just like I don't think Dave would want to. It would just be a very interesting thing. It's just like you got sir, you call it the right person. What do you mean? It's like, are you sure you call the right person? Yeah, Mr. Chappelle. I'm gonna uh, show up just to figure this out. Have Why you seen you his here? uh his last specials? His newest ones? Mm, the YouTube ones? No, the ones that are on Netflix. I think I've seen them all, unless they released more since last year. No, not since last year. Oh yeah, I've watched them all. Like, yeah, it'll be just be wildly interesting. Cause it's just like, oh. So all you motherfuckers who stole my show. All in the same room. <laughs> don't force laugh. This ain't no joke. Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't get to laugh. I don't made enough money off my laughter. This is about to be serious. Grammy with zero jokes. I'm just gonna make fun of all the. I'm gonna make fun of all the films that are winning. That'd be hilarious. I'll be happy. This is terrible. <laughs> Cut it off halfway through. <laughs> what do you? It's Fast just like to the end just to see it. It's just like, what are you about to do? I'm about to play twenty questions as soon as they came up here. It's just like, so what's the story about? Uh, uh, you don't know what the story's about inside your own movie? Because I couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> I'm it's, not alone then. This seemed like a love story, but it was a mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have a great time. I feel like well, Dave Chappelle should host Oscars. Actually. Also, you didn't win. It was <laughs> actually he suggested I calling. want Dave Chappelle to help us the Hip Hop Awards. Oh, BET Awards or something? No, like not that. the BET Awards. The Hip Hop Awards. Oh, I feel like some people will be very upset about that. Or the Grammys, because some people. Oh, it's just like what is I'm of the year here? Goes to Beyonce. She's not even nominated. Goes to Beyonce anyway. Don't ask me no <laughs> questions. Have you seen Neil Tyson's uh, special on no. Netflix? No, I'm not. It's a three. It's called the Three Mike Stand Up. You should watch it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we have anything else to go. That's the most part. I mean, it's only two of us. 
Yeah. I'm surprised so. we carried it this long, but I guess we've been doing this long enough to the point where we could probably get get into yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, no Ash, so no second part of the show. Um, we might do some random just separate thing if we can get her over here one day, but don't hate us. But uh, uh this will be the end. Thank you for joining us. This has been Conscious Reconstruction. I am the host with the most, and that is the most host. We're out of here. Later.